everyone, and happy Friday, and welcome to Minute 35 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off this week is Richard Kirkham of Kirkham a Movie A Day, and also the uh, shepherd of the Lambcast. Welcome back to the show, Richard. Let me get this Twinkie out of my mouth, and I'll be ready to go in just a second. Oh, there we go. Hey, it's great to be back, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) The minute 35 begins with Trudeau continuing his speech and ends with the FAA hotline going berserk. Yesterday, we we finished things off with uh, Trudeau picking up a set of headphones and putting it on, you know, putting it on and start telling everybody, you know, what the situation is. And he, he got cut off, and he had to wait 24 hours, and so did all of you listening. He had to wait 24 hours to actually hear the rest of what he says. So he says, every aircraft approaching our sector and not already in our landing pattern gets diverted to their alternate airport now. Everyone already on approach or inside our pattern holds at the outer markers. Stack them, pack them, and rack them. Move. So <laughs> the biggest question that I have about this whole movie is that you know, and obviously they need it for the movie itself. But when you're in a situation like this where nothing seems to work, why are you going to keep people in your in your holding pattern? The idea is, okay, yeah, we I, have a problem right now. Divert everybody. That's it. Let's fix our problem. And then, you know, they'll be in the holding, holding pattern uh, at a different airport for the time being. And then if we need to, we'll bring them back. But, you know, to keep that's people... The main, that's the main plot hole I see in this uh, movie. Because if I were Trudeau and I had seen what was going on with everything in the uh, tower and on the field, I'd since you still have contact with all the planes uh, before it gets cut off, I'd be saying, divert to your secondary airport now. That's right. Don't come anywhere close to us. That's right. We have a technical issue. We don't know what it is. They don't na- know yet, you know, why this is happening. So, okay, we have a problem. Maybe I guess it's... It, comes from the the idea that that something like this had never happened before so as far as they're concerned it's not a big problem it's something that will fix itself relatively quickly and then we can move on i don't know maybe that's what it is yeah but remember at this point uh, he's already aware that there's a, a likely terrorist threat that's going on i would think that if if this was happening uh, you know a decade later that uh, they'd have had procedures in place to do exactly that, send yes. everybody someplace else immediately. Right. And, and, you know, maybe it's just one of those things that in the time period they thought, well, you know, we'll we'll get it fixed and it'll be okay and we'll have time. And I think it's just short-sighted. Yeah. Well, again, as as we both said, they need it for the plot of the movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. It's not – there's there's no logic here because it's 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 movie logic. It's what, it. do, what do we need? Do we need this, you know, for, for the movie or not? And hey, well, you know what? We, we do. We need all these planes to be circling around. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. You know, for, for better, for worse. That That's what it is. And then once again, we hear the hustle and bustle of, of what's going on. Someone screams, get someone on it. You know, there's a guy who's like flipping switches rapidly and stuff like that. Then we have Trudeau taking off his headset. You know, now he starts talking to the people immediately around him. Which again, I'm not really sure, you know, what the difference is uh, about when he, you know, during his conversation on, you know, when he's telling everybody with the headphones, you know, he's only talking to everyone in the, the, uh, in the tower. So like, 
why then is he, you know, he takes off off the headphones and then he starts talking to everyone in listening distance, but that's pretty much everyone in the tower also. Because it's not as if the tower is humongous. And he goes, all right, not a word of this leaves this room. <laughs> there must be 15,000 people in the airport and we don't need panic. We just bought ourselves maybe two hours. After that, planes low on fuel won't be circling. They'll be dropping on the White House lawn. So, again, it goes back to the logic here. There's no logic. Why is he buying himself two hours? Send every plane elsewhere. <laughs> no need to even try. Well, I, you know, and the other thing is, if you were in a, one of those planes circling there and you lost contact with the airport and they're not giving you the kinds of directions uh, that you needed and you're not seeing any of the lights, I would think I would divert on my own. <laughs> you know, I, I'd, right. I'd say, okay, we're, I'm sure they've got contingencies. So that's right. But it's, it's movie logic, like you said. Yeah. Which, which again, it makes, it makes sense from the movie logic perspective, but not from, you know, I'm sure I'm assuming that, that, that most you know, most people and especially traffic controllers that are listening to that are watching this movie say, oh, my God, just divert everyone. That's it. <laughs> you know, it would have it would have saved so much time and energy. Well, I think the word needs to leave the room. They I don't understand why they aren't on the FAA hotline before it starts ringing from Colonel Stewart. That would have been, I think, my first call. No, but they, they first want to try and understand what the problem is, isn't don't they? You well, know, they I, know everything's gone wrong uh, and they know that there are terrorists on the property uh i think if i if i was trudeau again that it's called a hotline use it that's true <laughs> we've got an emergency here that's that's a good point i i i realize that maybe it's it's a question of ego well i you know i think that everybody gets immediately slammed down in just a second when colonel stewart shows up and uh shows how much power he has and control over everything that's going on in the airport and that right. they basically don't have access to anything that they need right i mean we'll we'll talk about that next week that once again there's no logic from that perspective too because once yeah. they know it's a terrorist thing okay let's get everyone out of here but nope <laughs> they keep them <laughs> so you know some of the things that they talk about here is pretty interesting i mean they talk about the 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 outer marker and insider pattern and stuff like that. I'm not going to go into those technical terms. We're we're actually in a in a few few weeks. We're actually going to have one or maybe even two guests that know a lot about airplanes. I'll let them explain it so that you know I'll even understand. Not not just what I'm finding online and stuff like that, but what what the marker beacon is and the outer marker the outer marker and stuff like that. You know the idea that that there he's assuming that every plane now has enough fuel for two hours is also a fallacy because you know there are planes coming from england there are planes coming from la there are planes coming from uh you know yesterday we or the other day we, we listed uh, the whole group of of places where a lot of these planes are coming from you know so why assume two hours is that is it you think that that each plane is supposed to carry a two-hour reserve yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where uh, they have, you know, how I don't know that they know what the fuel range is for every plane in the air, unless there's always, a, you know, you're required to have a certain amount before you fly, you know, before you take off. So I don't know. Yeah. 
No, I don't know either. I'll, I'll have to try to remember to, to ask one of those guests in a few weeks if they if they know the, the answer to that. That would actually be very interesting to know if there if there is a true answer to that. Uh, that would actually be very fascinating to know. But we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> um, and so they mentioned the White House. So uh, there's two things I wanted to mention about this. First of all, um, you know, he says that they're going to land on the White House lawn. Okay. Um, obviously, the security measures in 1890 are slightly different than what they are in 2023 because of 9-11 and numerous other instance, instance, incidents that I'm, I'm going to mention here. But, you know, I don't think there's any way that a plane could land on the White House lawn without well, getting shot they down. Don't, they don't suggest it's landing. They are suggesting it's crashing. That is correct. And but I'm saying that just the District of Columbia is not that big. So he's just he's just being metaphorical. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. He says dropping. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the one place that for sure those planes are not going to be dropping <laughs> because they 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 probably have some sort of, you know, defense mechanism, you know, uh, working to make sure that something like that is not going to happen. So, first of all, what what do you know about the White House itself? Do you know when it was built? Uh, well, the White House was built in the late 18th century. I know that uh, John Adams uh, was the, f I think he was the first president to occupy the White House. You are correct. Uh, and that, uh, of course, it got uh, torched in the War of 1812. I, I forget what year it was that it got torched, probably 1810, something like that, or Maybe it was 1812 itself. I'm not sure. It was a short war. Uh, apparently it wasn't it that short. But yeah. white after that. It wasn't called the White House until later on after it got painted. And uh, it's it was called the President's House. Uh, I've seen the West Wing several times. <laughs> so, you know, those <laughs> kinds of things. I also know, I mean, it was true. This was before 9-11 that... Uh, no flights over directly over the White House are allowed. I don't know how long that rule has been in place, but I know it was in place in uh, the episodes of the West Wing before 9-11 happened. So I am assuming it's probably been a longstanding practice. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that That's a lot of information. That's great. Um, so, yes, the, it was it was uh, they started building it in 1792. And it took them eight years to finish it. So in 1800, it uh, was finished. Before that, when Washington was, was living in Philadelphia, there, he was in the mansion of Robert Morris on Market Street in uh, Philadelphia. And that was known as the President's House, which uh, John Adams moved into that house after him and eventually moved into the White House on uh, November 1st, 1800. You know, there, there was a lot of different constructions over the years. But as you mentioned, during the War of 1812, in 1814, the White House was set ablaze by British forces. James James and Dolly Madison had to flee. It took them actually quite a long time to, to re refurbish the White House after that. It was only finished in 1817, so three years later when they were doing that. The West Wing was added by Teddy Roosevelt in 1901. And then when Taft took over in 1909... He actually expanded the, the West Wing and created the first Oval Office, which they didn't have beforehand. It's pretty interesting. The you know you, you think of I, I think of the White House and I think that okay it's always looked the same, but you know there's there's been so many things changed over the years. So 
that that's really have you ever been to the white house i haven't been inside i have been at the gate and in the, at the fence looking at the white house but i haven't i didn't take the tour mm. okay so i actually took a tour or the very beginning of 2001 I, I was i was in the states and i uh you know went to visit a friend of mine who lives near washington with another friend and then we we ended up uh you know, going on the tour. And the the funny thing was, is that when, uh, you know, during that time, the West Wing was was on TV. And as we were walking in, I mean, they don't, but they didn't take us into any of the, we didn't see anybody. You know, they take us into all these rooms that nobody uses. But when right. we get, when we stepped in there, someone screams out and says, hey, isn't this where they filmed that TV show? <laughs> and everyone yeah. got a little <laughs> chuckle out of that one. Well, interestingly enough, I have been in the locations where they filmed a lot of that uh, TV show because the Nixon Library has uh, rooms that are reproductions of the East Room and the Oval Office. And I know that they later created an Oval Office set for the West Wing, but uh, they used the East Room uh, in the at the Nixon Library uh, for uh, filming a lot of scenes that are supposed to take place in the East Room on the series. Oh, I didn't I didn't know they filmed it there. I figured they just filmed it on a set, you know, that, that they would go to the. Uh... You know, the presidential library to do it that that's a that's a it actually makes more sense but you know it'd be more difficult for everyone to to figure it out <laughs> you know to have to take everyone over there every single time yeah you don't want to have to build a set that big either that's true there, there is something to that from uh, from security perspective so february 1974 there was a u.s army helicopter that was stolen that landed on the White House grounds, which obviously caused a lot of problems. And in 1994, there was a light plane flown by a man named Frank Eugene Corder, which crashed into the White House. Uh, and he, he ended up killing himself by doing that. The White House was evacuated in uh, May 2005 when there was an unauthorized aircraft that was coming close by, but didn't, uh, didn't, didn't reach there. In 1995, after the Oklahoma City bombing, they, they closed off... Uh, more streets around the White House. And after uh, 2001, they actually made that change permanent that there are even, it's even, uh, you, you can't get as close to the White House as you used to be able to. The, about the tours. So we were talking, I mentioned about the, that I went on a tour there. So the, the, as after September 11th, they suspended the tours. And then two years later, they reopened them, but it was only on a limited basis. For for you know uh, for either groups or for uh, you know congressmen or embassies in Washington or foreign nationals that were you know that are diplomats that wanted to come and stuff like that, but it's remain it's <clears throat> um, but they they it remained closed to the public, and then uh, in 2013 they stopped uh, even the tours for the diplomats. And then uh, they ended up reopening it uh, later that year for uh, for anyone to, I, I guess they have normal tours these days. Uh, but the, the the biggest incident that happened, which is very interesting, and I didn't even think about this, I, I didn't remember this happened, was back this year in January. On January 11th, my birthday, the FAA grounded all flights because of, of a glitch in the computer system. Did you did you know that? Did you, did you remember? Right. So basically, I, 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 I'm sure I remember that there was a, a kerfuffle, uh, some kind of brouhaha about the air traffic and uh, 
flights being canceled or diverted. Uh, I wouldn't have remembered the date or the reason. Yeah. So back on January 11th, uh, 2023, at 8.30 in the morning, they actually uh, cut off the, the 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 system basically went down. And they it was the first time that they closed down aircrafts, you know, the you know departures and and arrivals since uh, 9/11. And it turns out that it was all because of a uh, little glitch that there was apparently maybe a they they thought it was a damaged database file, but in the end, what happened was is that somebody had done a an upgrade the night before, and while they did it, they replaced one file with another by accident, and because of that it the system just stopped working and they weren't able to 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 track planes and stuff like that um over the course of that day there were 32,578 flights that were delayed and 409 that were actually canceled because of all this uh these problems so now they obviously the FAA has adopted new procedures in order to make sure that things like this don't happen again the amount of money that it costs just for all of these flights to turn off I mean it costs millions to fix all this stuff so, I mean, and to think, just 30 years ago, John McClain could walk into the tower. <clears throat> that's right, 100%. And switch a vial, and there, just turn off the computer, and then we're then we're good. <laughs> and and then Trudeau turns to McClain and goes, McClain, is this what you expected? He goes, No, this is just the beginning. And there's like an ominous uh, musical tone right after he says that. And then we hear like a beeping, and someone goes, Oh, FEA hotline. Barnes says, FEA hotline. Lorenzo says, how could they know already? Trudeau says, they can't. And then the minute ends. So it's it's a, a good place to, to keep people in suspense, you know, over the weekend for what's going to happen. You know, it looks like the bat phone type of thing. You know, the way that it, it's blinking and, and beeping and stuff like that. You have anything else to say about this minute before we get into the, the script, Richard? I do not. Okay, so again, the script is very similar. He says, get your controllers on the horn. Every plane approaching our vortexes. You know, in the movie, he says, in our landing pattern. So it doesn't make a difference. He adds another line in there saying, I want every off-duty controller and technician here in five minutes. Page the terminal. No, better beep them. So uh, it's a little unrealistic to expect everyone to get out of bed and come in five minutes, but okay. And when he turns to McLean and says, is this what you were expecting? McLean goes, this, this ain't it, pal. This is just the beginning. So you see, Sousa put in the uh, pal again here. There you go. It says a phone rings, camera adjusts. It's a prominent red phone. I guess it's the Russian premiere calling. Yeah, who knows? That's it. Yeah. So every Friday we have a segment, which is called, where are they up to this weekend? Where what I decided to do was I went in and, you know, go through some of my guests' favorite movies and have them try and figure out, okay, where are they up to in that movie uh, at the same place that we are here? So right now we're on the cusp of finishing up minute 35 on its way to minute 36. So um, now, I, Richard, you and I have known each other for a few years, so I obviously know what your favorite movies are. So I, I chose your, your top two favorite movies, and I'm going to test your memory as to where you think okay. things are up to you know, at this point. So I'm first going to go with the obvious one, that, that everyone who knows Richard Kirkham knows that this is one of your top movies. So what is happening in Jaws at this time? In minute 34? Yes. In minute, 
the um, end of 34, you know, between 34 and 36, I, I give it a little bit of leeway, you know, because different versions of the movie. Might yeah, have, I don't know how close I'm going to get to this. I would I would say that's probably uh, right about the time that the Richard Dreyfuss's character is starting is showing up. OK, no, he showed up a little bit before this. Uh, these minutes are basically, you know, where they they string up the, the tiger shark. And right. And then, uh, you know. There's the, the Richard Dreyfuss's character is introduced to the mayor, you know, and they're they're trying to, you know, right. They're on the dock with the tiger shark. That's and, right, and he's trying to convince them. A what? <laughs> that's right. He's trying to convince them that it is not the uh, the shark that uh, has killed the the little kid. So yeah. So I'm off about five minutes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that that. It's still pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. You didn't have any, uh, you know, advanced. Uh, I had no foreknowledge no, of this. Yes. None whatsoever. <laughs> none whatsoever. He he shows up in uh, at minute twenty eight is when he actually shows up. Okay. In 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 what's the name of the the uh, Amity. An, 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 right. It means friendship, you know. Yes, of course it does. Of course. So the second one is. Let's see if you can guess what movie you think I, I chose, Richard. Well, did you do Lawrence of Arabia? No. Did you do? Did I do what? The Adventures of Robin Hood? Yes, I did. The Adventures there of Robin Hood. So what is happening in The Adventures of Robin Hood from 1938? Now, I know that this is Richard's favorite movie. Uh, at least it was when he put it on his website a few years ago. Uh, and I remember yeah. I remember you and I that having a debate. To be. You, 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 you and I had a debate, and I always thought that it was Jaws, and apparently it wasn't. Jaws was number two, so... You know, the adventures of Robin Hood. What is happening at this time in the movie? I my guess is that this is probably when the uh, the merry men are in you know taking the uh, gold from uh, Gisborne and the sheriff in uh, Sherwood. And you would be very correct. It's it's, it's that happens around thirty six, but yeah, you're you know. It's when they they attack them, you know. When when the yeah yeah, so yeah, very good. I I, I give you I, you you get points for that. You're you're very close. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I every time I do this, I keep wondering if someone were to put me on the spot with the movies that I've done, if I would able to to accurately uh, think of them and and you could remember all that. Stuff, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. But I I think it's a fun thing to 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 do that's cool i like it yeah i appreciate that i hope hope my listeners are liking it too <laughs> all right so for one final time this week richard or this season would you like to tell people uh, where they can find richard kirkham i can be located at uh, the lamb which is the large association of movie blogs which you can find at largeassmovieblogs.com i'm the host of the Lambcast, the official podcast of the uh Lamb and uh, the show is weekly, and you'll find uh, every week on the on the lamb on the lamb site. Uh, you can also read all of my uh, blog entries on my two uh, sites, Kirkham and Movie a Day, which are easily accessible by doing a Google search. If I see a movie in a theater, I'm going to post about it. All right, very cool. So, so in other words, in the next few days, or for me, but in the past for everyone else, we'll we'll see a review of uh, the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. That's right, you will. Oh, can't wait, can't wait. Now, hopefully, tell me what the differences are, you know, if there are uh, any differences. <laughs> I got to remember what the differences are because I, I think this will be the special edition kind of stuff. 
and uh, I'll have to compare it to the original versions. I'm going to have to get out my laser discs and look at the uh, movies before they got changed. I mean, did did they did they? Uh, is this a new version that they've they've even done no, more? No, no, no. It's just I'm sure it's 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 a it's whatever the updated uh, version is, the most recent Blu-ray. Ah, it's not it's not a use, new I'm version sure. that they're that that they do that they did for the 40th anniversary. Then. I don't think there's anything particularly special about it, no. Ah, okay. Well, it, it is Return of the Jedi, so there's a lot particularly special about it, but but nothing nothing new. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. All right. Very cool. Well, enjoy that. Be sure to report in. <laughs> I will do so. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie around minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, moveroundminute.com. Come. Richard, thank you very much for joining me this week. I was glad to be here. You know, uh, um, I'm, next time I'll use a stronger mouth mouthwash and we can stay together longer. <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, you know, aftershave also. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and when you decide to shave off your beard. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But until then, yippee ki everybody. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little village.